You are listening to Ball Side Goal Side, putting coaches in a better position. Hosted by Ed Heberling and Eric Dabransky. If you enjoy our show, please follow and subscribe to our weekly podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Anchor FM. Also, follow us on social media on Twitter at ball underscore goal underscore side and on Instagram on ball side goal side. All right, back here on ball side goal side. Uh, been a few weeks here, Eric. Uh, been a bit, a bit of a hectic time for me especially, um, you know, and, and kind of lost touch there with you a little bit. I apologize for that, but uh, we're back here. I'm excited to be back with you. Good to see that bald head of yours uh, here on the, on the screen. <laughs> Um, really excited to uh, talk today with Othello Baugh from Miami FC. Um, you know, it, it should be a great conversation. I hope uh, a little provide a little insight for us as uh, coaches and for our listeners uh, to understand what it takes to maybe train a player from, you know, the lower levels all the way up to the professional levels. So, uh, Eric, how you doing? Sorry, I just kind of. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's good. It's good to be back. I mean, like I said, we, we took a little two week hiatus there. Um, but we're doing a, you know, we're, we're starting out the, we're starting out the week with a, with a bang in terms of, uh, having Othello Baugh, uh, OT as he's, as he goes by on today, really look forward to talking to him. Um, you know, somebody that, that has, that started his career, uh, playing in an NAI program, um, in Tennessee Wesleyan transferring to Nova Southeastern, a division two program down here in Fort Lauderdale and um, really working his way through the pyramid of, of us soccer uh, professionally, um, you know, and, and like you and I really take pride in a lot of our guests being uh, from various, you know, levels, experiences and things like that. And, and OT really does have that in terms of, you know, being in the NAI, being a D2, uh, playing in the NISA in, in, in NISA, the league that Chattanooga FC plays in and then working his way into Miami FC and, and Miami FC's transition to USL championships. So, so really excited to, to get his input and really obviously just from the professional players standpoint of, you know, what, what that environment is. And then obviously like coaching wise, what is, what has he kind of seen that has helped him and, and maybe helped others kind of reach those, those, uh, those goals. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it'll be great to talk to him. Yeah, that's a, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to speaking with him just because, um, like you said, he played in AI school, went to a D school, and now he's playing at the professional level, uh, you know, and it's kind of like the whole iceberg thing, right? You only see the top of the iceberg. You don't see everything underneath that's going on. So, you know, I look forward to talking to him, see how he kind of got to where he is and, and what he's doing and what that, um, what that future holds for him. Uh, hopefully, you know, we can, we can talk about that a little bit because uh, it's just intriguing to me that a, a kid from – you know, uh, uh, went to a small school and now is playing professionally. And, and, you know, how did he, how did he make that happen? Because oftentimes kids, you know, can be overlooked. We both coach at the NAI level. Um, you know, we know of a few gyms that come through that could be playing at a higher level, but what did it take for him to kind of get out of, you know, from the NAI move on, you know, he did transfer uh, to a D2 school, as you said, but then to get to the professional level. So really excited to speak to him and kind of hear his background and his thoughts and, hopefully provide some insight for us uh, as coaches. All right. Welcome back to ball side goal side. Uh, excited to be back with you guys this week and uh, um, have a great, uh, 
guest here today with OT from Miami FC. Uh, he's going to be joining us. He's a left back for them, and uh, he's kind of worked his way up the pyramid in, uh, in U.S. soccer, and, and really excited to get his perspective here as a coach uh, to hear how he's got to where he's been and, and where he's at um, through his background and through his work uh, with his coaches. So, a OT, welcome to the show. Um, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, if you could go in and tell us just a little bit about your background, OT, um, how you got to where you are and, and you know, kind of uh, from your college career up to professionally. Okay, so um, first, I'm from Liberia. Um, I play um, fourth and third division in Liberia. I've been playing since I was uh, four years old. Uh, I came to the U.S. in 2011, um, came on a student exchange, went to uh, Baylor High School in Chattanooga, Tennessee won a state championship for Baylor, and then went back home to Liberia, graduated high school, came to uh, Tennessee Western University um, for college, and then played three years at Tennessee Western University. After I got my bachelor's degree in chemistry, I transferred to Nova Southeastern University. But while I was in Tennessee, I played for uh, Chattanooga FC in the NPSL for three seasons. And then uh, when I came to Nova for grad school, did my master in business management, and then um, upon graduating, I just uh, joined Miami FC, and I'm currently playing for Miami FC. OT, I mean, going from, from Tennessee Wesleyan to Nova, and, and was, was playing professionally something always, something that you wanted to do, you know, going through the stages throughout college? Yes, yes, for sure. I, all, I always had, uh, you know, I wanted, I wanted to play on the professional level. And uh, for me, it happened in a different way. Like I had to go through the school system for me, you know, to get to the left where I am. For all the people, it happened in a different scenario where they just go straight to it. Uh, I was lucky to be able to, um, you know, I think soccer have provided that path, that education path for me. Because, you know, it was true soccer scholarship that I get to go through, you know, my uh, education program as well as doing, you know, playing soccer. So, yeah, so it's been, you know, it's it's been great for me and it helps and me then, a lot. And what through through all this, what has been some of the adjustments from playing college soccer to obviously, you know, you said you spent time with Chattanooga FC, which obviously is is a professional environment in, in terms of not playing in USL, but it is that environment where they they do want to run a professional club. And then obviously now with Miami FC, what's been some of the biggest adjustments from playing college soccer to the professional level? Um, I think, um, you know, one of the biggest adjustments for me is uh, mentality, the, uh, the speed of play. Um, so when you, when you play in college, you do have great players. There are a lot of good players in college. And, uh, um, you know, you compete on that level. You have, you, have, you know, um, what I experienced is you, you have some players that are really good and then you have some players who are kind of at the bottom. But then when you get to the professional level, it's almost like an even play where you have almost everybody knows exactly what they're doing and the speed of play, the intensity on that level is really high. So when I first started with um, Chattanooga, I had to adapt to the speed of play. But then when I got to that level again, you know, when I got to the MPS level from college, while I was playing college, I thought, well, I think this must be a hard level. But then when I left the MPS, I came to Miami, I even saw another higher, you know, another different level, another different intensity. So as you go higher up the, um, the U.S. soccer pyramid, the higher the intensity. So as you move on, you have to adjust to that intensity and you have to um, 
to create that professional mentality, you have to be, a, you know, you have to put in the hard work. You have to be, um, you have to have that self-control and drive to be able to play on the professional level. When you, when you talk about obviously that, that professional mentality, how is it, I mean, obviously, you know, Ed and I coach in college and, and we've coached in college, you know, in college soccer, you do have the coaches, you know, they're, they're, they're on campus. They're, they're checking on your grades. They're, they're doing all that stuff. How is, how is kind of the day-to-day changed in that mentality of having to really, you're kind of on your own and you're self-motivated for the most part in terms of, you know, yeah, you're at practice and you're doing those things and you, you have activities outside of practice that the, the club probably has you involved with, but you know, was that a tough adjustment to all of a sudden kind of be on your own and have that schedule or was it, was it pretty seamless in regards to this is what I've always wanted to do? Well, for me, I mean, I can't want to speak from my experience. For me, it was different. Uh, I mean, college did help me uh, prepare like mentally for the professional level. Um, having the opportunity to be coached by two, uh, two great coach Nova who already played at that level also helped me uh, prepare mentally. Uh, so, you know, when I got on, like, the professional level, I had some form of information mentally that I needed to be prepared for that level. Like you mentioned, um, in college, you have coaches on you about, you know, you have, like, the 72 hours rule before a game. You can't go out and do that. Well, when you get on the professional level, nobody's going to tell you you can't go out in 72 hours. You know, when you get on the professional level, it's about, it's a work. You're working. You're having fun, but you're working. And so you need to realize that, you know, you're not going to go mess around knowing that you have a job to do, you know, the next day. So you start, I think what happens is you start developing that mentality. You start realizing that, well, I can't mess around because the competition on this level is very high. You can't slack. You have to be consistent. So you start developing that uh, mentality, I think, naturally as you move on and you keep playing on the professional level. What can, uh, in your experiences, what can and what have coaches done for you to kind of develop that mentality, to help increase that mentality, to help you kind of, you know, I know you said you wanted to play professionally, that was your end goal, but what have they done for right. you to really challenge you to get there? To, um, to get on the professional level? Yeah, like to get you prepared, like, you know, from, from maybe their programming and their, their training sessions to, you know, film development. What are things that, like, our coaches listening can start to do to, you know, really challenge their players to, to get them ready for the next level? Uh, I, think, um, I think one of the way, um, you know, coaches prepared me for uh, the professional level was uh, the environment in which they created. Um, you know, creating a very competitive, fun, and encouraging environment was one way in which I got like prepared for um, even at Westland, going back to my undergrad days in college, I was playing with guys who, you know, who knew how to play. The coaches encouraged us to compete. You know, we weren't just given the starting position. You have to work hard for it. You have to be dedicated. You have to show that you really want to be part of the team and you really want to start. So those are things that helped me, you know, on the way heading towards my professional career. Now you talk about that, that obviously the learning how to compete and things like that at the college level, were there things, even, even now at the professional level, OT, are there things from the coaching side as a player that you've appreciated in regards to communication, you know, like 
is, is there things that, that coaches have been able to do throughout your career that, that you've, you know, obviously we've all learned from coaches in terms of the good things and the bad things in terms of, oh, I'd like to do that when I, when I become a coach, I'd, I'd stay away from that. But are there commonality, you know, common things that you've seen that you're like, okay, you know, is it being honest? Is it being, you know, those types of communication? Yes. Yes, I think uh, for me it's um, like you meant, like honesty and feedback have been the two uh, most, in, you know, most uh, helpful thing for me. Um, you know, coaches back in college always give me feedback on what I did right and what I did wrong and what I need to improve on. I think as a player, when you, um, when you receive those information, if you go to a game and let's say you did something wrong and the coach just let it slide, then you don't know what you did wrong. But if you go to a game and you did something wrong or you did something right and the coach reach out to you and explain to you and try to help you how to get it right, then it helps you, you know, become a better player. So I think getting feedback from coaches and was very helpful. Now, was there always there was there a way that the delivery would matter in terms of like, I mean, obviously you have players that go in and out of starting in and out of playing a lot. You know, was, yeah. was there was there moments where it was like, you know, like you as a player OT was like, oh, I don't I don't need any feedback right now. I just need, you know, <laughs> I just need to focus yeah. on what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always that time, you know, most especially in the moment, you know, when you uh, when you there are times it's even with players and players where you're on the field and you play and you made a mistake and the player try to come at you right after you made a mistake and you, you don't react in the way you're supposed to react. You react because the information, the information seems to be coming from a negative perspective, right? So there's a way in which you can talk to a player that will make him feel like, yes, you are being encouraging and you want the best for him. You know, you know, you can, you can have, you also have to give players the, um, you know, give them the chance to make mistakes and be able to explain the mistake they make, right? So if a player made one mistake, you can always just be on him. You give them the chance and give them the opportunity to also correct the mistake. If they don't correct it, and then you talk to them. I think that those are a few of the things that help me, you know, developing from the college level to the professional level. I think the opportunity to realize that I made a mistake, I'm going to try to correct it. And if I can correct it, I have the coaches in place to tell me what to do to make it right. Great. And so, Ot, um, as you as you've kind of come up here, you've you've went through a lot, and and you can uh, you know you've been challenged. I think going from Tennessee Wesleyan to Nova to Chattanooga now with Miami, uh, you've seen a lot of vari variation there of play. Um, you know, I'm training kids right now that want to play in college. They want to play professionally. That's one of their goals. What What are some tips? What got you to where you are? What can you recommend uh, for those players to kind of strive the, to the levels that you're at currently? Um, I'll tell them, um, you really, you know, you need to be focused. You need to, uh, you need to know what you want. You need to know what you want. You need to be willing to work hard. You also need to be, you also need to be humble. I think, you know, a lot of the times you have players when they, uh, when they start getting to a level where they want to be, then they lose focus. They start, you know, they start being humble. You know, humbleness will take you a long way. And for me, I think that's a, you know, that's a really key aspect of it. You know, work hard, be disciplined. I think discipline is another thing to, you, know, you have to have discipline. Like we just spoke about, you know, on a professional level about, you um, having that mentality of doing the things that coaches not need to tell you. 
that comes in with discipline. You need to have that discipline to decide that you're not gonna go out the night before a game to go have a beer or to go have a drink. You need to be disciplined. So I think that would be the advice that I can give to the kids it's, out there who's trying it, to play. It's funny that you obviously it's 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 great that you bring up the the word humble because I always tell players that in terms of you know I think I think some players see being humble as as maybe being you know showing weakness in terms of like oh I don't know or oh I know you know like but I think it's the opposite right. I think it's it's definitely and I always talk to players about being empathetic empathetic in terms of getting to know your teammates and really being open to that you know communicating your teammates has there been and like I said I really like the the points that you brought up to for advice has there been is there a character trait that you would you know you would attribute your success to is it is it really being humble, learning from everybody? Is it, you know, is it the drive? Because obviously it seems like you, you have a number of those traits in place. If right. you had to name a few that kind of helped you get to where you're at now. I think, I think it's a combination of few, um, Eric. I think it's, uh, it comes with hard work. Um, you know, I always, like I work hard. I can tell you, I mean, if, if I don't know something, I try to learn it. I work hard towards, you know, whatever I want to learn and being disciplined and being humble. Those are the three, um, I think those are the three traits I've taken in so far. Um, just knowing that, you know, when you're speaking of humbleness, being open-minded, you know, having the ability to listen. A lot of the time you have uh, players who want to talk more than the listening. For me, I like to listen more. I like to listen to what the coach is saying. I like to take instruction and I like to, uh, you know, look at the instruction I'm receiving and try to make sense of it. So. Those are the three traits I think help to my my success moving forward. What um what does your daily routine kind of look like? Um, maybe outside of this pandemic issue, right? I know it's probably changed a little bit, but um, you right. know, leading up when you were at Chattanooga before you kind of got you know the season kind of got delayed here or postponed, what would your normal training look like? What what was that? Um, you know, from the classroom sessions to the weight room, all that. What what did that entail? From East, uh, from uh, Chattanooga. Well, I'm I'm not sure how much you got into it with Miami, uh, you know. But what from from your professional training environment outside of college, what does that look like, um, you know, um, for you? Right. So at uh, Chattanooga was quite it was different. Chattanooga was different from Miami. So Chattanooga, you have uh, we had training in the afternoon, right? We go to training in the morning. You know, I had all day to do whatever. Sometimes for me, I wake up early in the morning get my breakfast in, get my fluids in, go to the gym, get some workout in, in the afternoon, relax a little bit, and then in the evening, go to work, which is uh, go train. Um, whereas with Miami, um, we train in the morning. So I live about 45 minutes away from training. So I wake up around 6.30, you know, get breakfast in, get fluids in. I like to look at the stock market. I'm very interested in the stock market. So you know, I read the stock market and uh, make sure I'm not losing all of my money in there. <laughs> then um, get ready, you know, and head to training. And then after training, so I get done with training probably around 12, uh, get back home close to like 12.31, you know, eat lunch, eat a very nice lunch, um, drink a lot of fluid, relax, hang out with my wife. And then in the evening, I go to the gym sometimes, do a light upper body session or stretch. Uh, just to get my body ready for the next day. How much of your um, your your session work are you doing? Are you spending on the ball outside of your training, then, even at the professional level, or or do you? 
Yes, so it depends. So some days you, ha you have to listen to your body when you reach on a professional level. The USA is a very demanding level. Um, it's competitive, it's intense. So you have to listen to your body. So some days, you know, we have training session that is light because let's say on Monday or Tuesday, we have like, we have a two hard session. On Wednesday, we have a light session, right? So when we have a light session, I feel like I need, I need a little more than the session we had. I come home and do my own stuff, right? If we do have sessions like Monday, Tuesday, and it's very tough, and my body is telling me, well, you need to take a break here, you need to rest, then I take that break because I want to try to avoid injury. Because when you try to push yourself more than what your body can take, that's when you start having all these injuries. As you've kind of come up through, like you said, I, I hate to keep harping on going through college and, and going through Chattanooga and all that stuff, but what as players, What's the ideal training environment? You, you've meant, you mentioned it earlier in this conversation. I think having coaches and a staff that, that believe in, in players in terms of to make mistakes, really feel free. What is an ideal training environment for players? Is it, is it where you can learn? I mean, is it, is it kind of free-flowing? Like, has there been training environments that you've seen, uh, whether it's here at Miami FC or Chattanooga, that it's like, okay, these are, these are sessions that I can go into and really – have fun getting better or develop and things like that. Yeah, 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 there, there are. I think, um, I mean, even in Miami, it's like what the coaches try to do, the coaches try to uh, create an environment. So Miami has a way of thinking they call the, uh, the winning mentality, right? So when as a player, you go into Miami, you go into Miami with a winning mentality, even before you start playing with Miami. So Miami create an environment where you come in to have fun, but you come in to compete. You come to work hard. So, you know, you, they are welcoming, but at the same time, the competition is there, you know? It's not just about you go there and go hang out and, you know, have a great time. You go in there to work. You're going to work. You're going to enjoy working hard. So I think just creating a, a very open environment where everyone feels welcome and also making them more competitive so that players can benefit from it. Now, do you guys do a lot of, like, uh, competition within training in terms of, of, you know, winning teams, losing teams, things like that? Yeah, you see, um, we don't do – you see, let me ask um, at Miami, the moment you step on the field, the fun competition begins. So it's not about, you know, it's not about winning team, losing team. Once you step on that field, everybody is competing and having fun. So we don't do much of a winning or losing team competition. I think a lot of those happen mostly I think will be things you do in the youth soccer because, you know, you try to bring, you know, the kids up. But when you get on the professional level, we do we do, do it, but it's not mm -hmm. as much as the youth soccer, you know. So we'll yeah. do it once here and there where we have the the winning team or losing team, but most of the time it's not it's not that way. Now, is there, I mean, you're absolutely right, because obviously I think, obviously me and Ed coaching at the youth level, it's obviously teaching kids to compete, you know, and you know, at right, right. level, it's like, it's like, hey, you know, as you get older, it's, this is, this is winning, this is losing, you know, this is how you, this right. is how you win. Um, and now I know, what position did you play in college, and then you transitioned into, the, into Chattanooga and Miami FC? Yes, yeah, so I've played, my whole life, I played in the mid, I played center attacking mid, I played, uh, Left mid, um, at one point in, uh, in Tennessee Western, I was playing forward. So when I went to um, Chattanooga, when I was playing at Chattanooga, I was still playing mid. 
uh, there was something like he liked to use me outside mid. And uh, so, but then when I came to Miami, Paul decided to use me as a left fullback, which, you know, I was open. I think that's one thing players need to understand, you know, how, how she progressed in your career. You won't always end up the way you started. You know, you can start as a midfielder, but you can end up somewhere else. So it's important that you be very, you know, adaptable. I think adapting to different position, understanding a different position on the field is very critical. How um how were you approached about those kind of position changes? How how was it successful for the coaches? I mean, I know at your level it's probably a little different because if you want playing time, you're going to do this, um, yeah. you know, and this is how it's going to be. But in the past, how had coaches kind of approached you and and you know made it you know a great idea and, and got you on board to to make that move? Uh, I I think for me again, like I said, open minded. I was very I'm like from the beginning I've been open minded to try new things. So you know. I've been playing uh, center attacking mid, so I mean I like to go forward. And let's say when I went to Westland, and you know in some of the games, the coach was like, "We're gonna use you forward." I was like, "Really? You want me to play forward?" He said, "Yeah." I was like, "All right, cool. I'll play forward." You know, I think it's a new experience. Like for me, it sounds exciting. I want to try something different. You know, I want to leave the uh, I want to leave the midfield and go to school. So for me, it was exciting. Uh, it just the coaches would come to me and they would tell me, they would like, I think you have the ability to run behind uh, defenders. I think you have the, uh, you know, you have the skills to take on defender 1v1. So those are things I listen to and be like, yeah, I can do it if you believe in me. So you, you definitely sound like, uh, it sound easier to convince than, than me and Ed's players sometimes. I, I had yeah. to have like uh, multiple meetings to, to convert uh, players to center backs, players to outside backs and things like that. But I mean, I mean, again, you bring up great points in regards to it seems like your coaches had reasons to why they wanted you to play those positions, not that they, right. they just wanted to, hey, OT, go play forward. Hey, hey, OT, this is why we think you could be an outside back. This is why we think, you know, and then obviously, like Ed said, at this level, you're a professional. So at this at this level, right. it's really like whatever kind of gets you gets you going. Now, obviously, you guys have only played one game in USL against St. Louis. Um the training environment, obviously, you're training with with Miami FC players that are in USL and things like that. What what has been your initial take on the USL Championship, uh, the league, the growth of the league? Ed and I have talked about it a number of times on episodes before. Um, I'm, we're very happy with the the growth of the league. Um, it's been it's been something that that I've you know been in soccer for a long, long time, and it's something that it's been nice to see. And like I said, I was telling you before we jumped on, I'm, I'm excited to see that Miami FC was able to jump in USL because I think it's a very viable competitive league. And what's what's your initial impression of USL? Well, was, to be honest, I was pretty impressed with the league my first game. I think, like I said, the league, the intensity in the league is high. You know, you have a lot of good players in the USL. The USL is not just uh, college players playing in the league. You have professional players coming down from the MLS who didn't do well, you have players coming from all the league around the world to play in the USL. So the USL is a very competitive league. And I think, um, you know, I had a good impression on it. My first impression was really good on the league. And I, you know, I was excited to get it going. I think, you know, I was ready to compete and just push myself and, you know, play among those players who have some players have been playing in the league for so long. So you have a lot of experiences in the league. So I think the U.S. soccer, U.S. soccer have come a long way, and I think they are heading in the right direction so far. Um, one thing I heard, I'm not sure exactly sure, but it was 
U.S. Star team being able to comp uh, compete in the CONCACAF. Mm. I think there was some, yeah, there was some discussion on it. Um, I think that's really great start so that USL players and USL team can have exposure to the international market and also yes. compete with MLS thing. I think that's a great thing that should uh, take place. And I think if it does, it will help a lot of players and teams in the USL. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that would be, that would be a tremendous thing. And obviously, I think over the years, whether we get farther in discussions of promotion relegation, I think obviously that's something that, that we've all been excited about the addition of USL and the, the tiers of USL one, league one and league right. two. Um, it's, it's been interesting to see, obviously USL championship is, is it's got a number of teams that are attached to MLS teams. So it's right. interesting to see some teams like Miami FC that are really operating as their own entity. And then you have teams like Loudoun United, who's, you know, who's, who's attached to DC United. You have, Timbers two, you have LA Galaxy two, so yeah, that the, the ability to play in Concacaf would be be an amazing you know uh, ability. So opportunity, yeah. Nice. So OT, so um, you know what what is your long term goals? What what would you like to you know end up doing? Um, you know, is Miami FC kind of where it is, or or do you have like bigger aspirations? Uh, for me, I think um, you know. I, my long-term goal is, I always try to set, you know, reasonable goals. My first goal is to make it to the MLS. Um, that's one thing, you know, I have noticed too, you know, just from college, you have a lot of players in college who want to be professional. Uh, at the same time, they are not setting realistic goals, right? So you can't just jump from college and get to the USL. You have to be realistic about the goals you set as a player. So coming from college, my first goal was to play in the NPS. I wanted to start from the, the bottom of the pyramid, you know. So I said realistic goal has a progress. So I went to the NPS, then did uh, the NISA, then did, I mean, you might have the chance to uh, move from college and go straight to, into the USL, but those chances are really slim. So you need to set realistic goal that you won't be disappointed if you don't make it to that, you know. So I think my next step, my next goal is just to make it to the um, to the MLS if I can, and then you know try to move uh, forward. Yeah, I mean that that seems like that's it's been you know there's there's you you mentioned there's a lot of players that that they think they can skip steps in the process, right. and it's and those are kind of the frustrating moments because they're they're players that can really make it but they, they just don't have the patience or the, or, you know, we've talked about it earlier. It was, it was humble enough to kind of really embrace the process. Yeah. Sometimes just, they don't, you don't have sometimes the opportunity just to come to you like that. Sometimes yeah. you just don't have that opportunity to get straight to the, uh, the USL or the MLS. Sometimes the opportunity that comes to you is the NPSL and you have to take it. You got to make your name over there and try to progress forward. Yeah. So like you said, it just, you just have to be humble and just work your way up. If that's the route, you know, if that's the route that comes in your way. Now, as we finish up, OT, I have one of my other questions is, so you've been, you've been a part of a number of successful teams, whether it's the successful program at, at Nova Southeastern, whether it's at Tennessee Wesleyan, whether it's at Chattanooga, Miami FC, you've, you've had, you know, you've had those experiences. What, what are some of the common traits that you've seen amongst successful teams? Is it that, is it that bond between teammates? Is it that, that ability to push each other to compete? And, and kind of where can a coach really help develop that? Is it, is it that daily routine of communicating it? So, like, what, what really are those traits that you've seen amongst teams that have done really well in your experiences? I think, I think um, 
it, one is the bound to compete in uh when you when you when you get on the professional level you know it's like um you have to be there's like you have to be friends on the field but you don't have to be friends off the field so y'all have to work together on the field if y'all leave the soccer field and y'all don't want to talk to each other it's up to y'all you know but you got to find a group that has to come together on the soccer field and i think that's one thing i have um, experienced on the professional level and i think um a lot of the teams that are successful have like a team bringing guys that kind of like you know come together as one on the field who understand each other and create a very competitive and fun environment. So OT, when, when, um, you know, when it comes to these competitive environments and, and such, um, you know, you know who your competition is, you know, who you're kind of competing against. Do you find yourself partnering up or, or working with that competition or, or how does that work at the professional level? Like, you know, when you're trying to improve your playing time or improve your stake within the team, um, you know, what does that look like uh, for you as a player and for the, for the team as a whole? So again, I mean, it's, it's all about team. It's about the team. It's, you know, you're competing, but you have to think from a team perspective, right? At the end of the day, the end goal is for the team to be successful. Uh, so for us, for my position and the guy who and the other player who play my position, we we really good. We're good friends. So we we close. You know, when we get on the field, we compete. We somebody have to start. I want to start. He wants to start. So when we get on that field, we compete. But we still respect each other. So you know, competing doesn't mean disrespect, right? So you have to respect the player in your position as well when you're competing. I mean, that doesn't mean you can be friends. Like, like I said, the guy who's playing my position, we are good friends. We talk all the time. We help each other out on the field. When I do something wrong, he tells me. When he does something wrong, I tell him. I give him advice for what to do or what not to do, and he, he does the same for me. So, you know. That's good. I, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I, you know, sometimes it, we, when we compete with each other, it makes it a bit of a challenge. But uh, you know, having that good, friendly rivalry where you're helping each other out, it's only going to make the team better. And, and maybe while you two are competing for that left fullback, the right fullback position opens up or something, and, and you, can, you can move up. Or maybe you go back to your roots in the attacking midfield and uh, uh, you can start playing there. So that's good to hear. Um, what, uh, what is your season looking like here for Miami FC as far as your schedule goes? And, and what, you know, what games are you really looking for? I'm sure you're just looking forward to get back to play, but what games are you looking forward to really, you know, playing and, and competing uh, against which teams? Um, well, I really don't know how the season – I mean, I know how the season going to be look like, but we don't have a fixed schedule yet. Uh, I just know we have 16, uh, technically 15 games to play. And, um, well, I'm just – like you said, I'm just looking to get back on the field. Um, the Rowdies is our rivalry, and I'm looking forward to play against the Rowdies for sure. And uh, you know, and looking forward to play against Atlanta and I mean all of the other good teams in the league. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to make the the season a little bit more regional, which you know, whatever gets us back on the field, um, you know, I'm in. So, but yeah, it sounds like that Rowdies game and that Atlanta game is going to be a be a lot of fun. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how, how those, uh, that schedule comes about. So, 
OT, um, as we finish up here, um, you know, uh, I, I, I'm really impressed with you. you. You have a great head on your shoulders. I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, as Eric said earlier, you're a little different to coach probably than what we're used to. Um, no offense to my past players, but, uh, you know, just, just your head on the shoulders, your ability, to, you know, to, to accept, you know, constructive criticism and, and you know, being goal-oriented is, is, is huge. Also being, you know, the humility that you do possess. Um, you know, I'd like to kind of keep up with you a little bit if I could, what, what can you tell us? How can I follow you on Twitter or Instagram or whatever? And how can our, our, um, listeners follow you, uh, to kind of keep up with you and Miami FC? Oh, well you can, uh, I mean, I, I usually use my Instagram so you can follow me on, uh, hotel about 10. Um, I can send, I can send a message to you. And you will have my Instagram. I use my Facebook sometimes. I have Twitter, but I'm never on Twitter. And you can follow my games on uh, the Miami FC, sometimes on ESPN+. Plus. Um, but, yeah, but that's the few ways you can follow me. Yeah, no, T, like I said, I, I really can't thank you enough for being on. And like Ed said, I mean, it's it, you could tell that, that, you know, you've really been driven from from kind of the, the word go. <laughs> so it's it's been nice uh, – Nice kind of getting to know you and, and obviously kind of getting your background. Um, you know, I think us as coaches and as players, I think it, it's, always a, it's always a pleasure to have players like you on teams, but it's always like how do, we, how do we kind of influence other players to be that way too? Because obviously, you know, you've seen it throughout your career and Ed and I have seen it through, through coaching and, and playing. It's, um, you know, you want everybody to be driven and you want everybody to, to really, you know, be humble and really understand the process. But, you know, unfortunately we do, you know, you have players that are impatient that, you know, if they don't start a game there, you pretty much, you, you pretty much lost them for the, <laughs> lost them for the season. So, so it's really, you know, it's really great to hear your background and um, really looking forward to, to hearing what the schedule comes out for USL. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what, what games you guys get on ESPN plus and, and different, you know, different channels and things like that. I can't imagine that, that Rowdies and Atlanta game aren't going to be, aren't going to be primetime games for you guys. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely keep up. And uh, like I said, you have, you know, two fans in us and obviously we'll keep trying to get support for, for the area. I'm, I'm disappointed that obviously, you know, understandably there won't be fans at the stadiums now, but I was really hoping to, you know, at Miami FC could make a make a real good push to get the community behind him, which they already kind of had, you know, and I think that's why it was such an impressive move to go to USL because um, they really do have a community that's involved with Miami FC. And I was, I was looking forward to them really supporting your guys' games and your guys' jump to USL. So um, really look forward to it. No T wish you nothing but the best moving forward. And hopefully you, you guys win the 15 games that you guys play. <laughs> I and, hope so. <laughs> and, make, and make that run into the USL championship and, uh, you know, win it, win it USL championship as well. So really can't thank you enough and, um, you know, wish you the best moving forward. All right. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Best of luck. Our weekly show is brought to you by Athletics View. Whether it's soccer, football, basketball, and many other sports, you have a memory to share. Let us help you share that game or match through film via our video production. For more information, visit athleticsview.com, spelled V-U-E, or follow them on Instagram or subscribe to their YouTube channel. All right, we're back. Uh, just finished up talking with the OT there, Eric. Um, I appreciate you bringing him on. That was a great discussion. I really enjoyed talking to him and kind of hearing his uh, – 
I think it's more his mentality, you know, it was, it was, you know, intriguing his, just his mindset there, um, you know, was, was nice to hear the, you know, to be humble, to be driven, um, you know, and, and such and goal oriented. So it was a good conversation. I think you and I would both probably love to have him as a player to, to coach. Uh, you know, I think that's something we'd look for in players. Yeah. I mean, and, and obviously I think it's really jumping on what you said. It's like, you can, even just through the discussion, you could see why he's been successful and, and why he's where he is in terms of playing in the USL, playing in Miami FC. Um, you know, you could see that mentality, like you said, that that's really, you know, gotten him to that point. So uh, agreed, you know, he's definitely a, a player that, that coaches teams, you know, definitely look for and, and look at and, and, and know, you know, that they're positive contributors both on the field and off the field in terms of just the mentality part of it, you know, uh, obviously the professional levels um, different, probably different than the college level of, of uh, your, maybe hourly interaction with, with, with your teammates, because obviously the professional level, like OT has kind of mentioned, it's, it's like, Hey, you go to practice, you compete, you know, you don't really necessarily, you know, have to see each other afterwards if you, you know, but you have that mutual respect of, Hey, we're here to, to compete and, and win and, and have that, that kind of mentality. So it's, it's definitely, you know, good to hear that. Like I said, I, I just hope players and coaches have kind of, it kind of took that, you know, we definitely know what it looks like because we've all coached players that you just go, wow, that's just natural motivate. You know, there's nothing that I need to do from the coaching side of it to get OT motivated, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's, uh, you know, impressive. I, I liked, you know, obviously his input about, you know, what he liked from coaches in terms of the feedback a aspect of it, the honesty aspect of it. I think, I think a lot of coaches, you know, I run into a lot of coaches that obviously they not sugarcoat things, but obviously, you know, you have those coaches that, you know, yeah, you, you might not always speak what's, you know, on your mind to make a player better when, when they really all, oh, that's really what they want to hear. They want to hear honestly the feedback and, and the input of, of how, you know, how do I, how do I crack the starting lineup? How do I play 90 minutes? How do I, you know, how do I develop as a player? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was good. It was interesting, you know, and, and, you know, what he was saying there was, was not just the, the, the feedback, but, coaches coming to him with a solution to the problem as well right or whatever it may be you know we talked about it there that he started out as an attacking midfielder but they wanted to play forward at Tennessee Wesleyan uh, now he's playing left back and it was coaches coming to him with an idea with a solution to a problem and saying this is how I see you fitting in you know this is how I see it happening and, and you know and I think have both been there and I think all of us as coaches have been there where we're like hey I really need you to go play forward just you know today and the players kind of like wait what like you know but having that rationale and the reasoning and, and getting them on and, and I think you know it helps to build up their confidence as well when you say that we see you doing these things like he said and you're able to attack defenders and you're able to get behind the back line so I want to move you to forward you know I think as coaches we can kind of take that and understand that we do we, we you know we have to find those reasons and then really build those players up that we feel like we have confidence in them that they can switch those positions. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're absolutely right. I think that that ability to to tell a player why and not just do it because I'm telling you to do it. You know, yeah. they, you know, OT, we want you to move to outside back because these are the these are the attributes that you have as a player that that allow you to be successful. So there's really there's a little there's a lot of intent and thoughtfulness behind the move, not just hey, this is this is where I want you because that's you know that because that's what I'm telling you. I think the other the other portion that that I really like to hear, and, and I know you too as, as a coach as well, is how many times he harped on the competition aspect of it. 
You know, I think you, you really, you don't run into a lot of players in today's, in today's world that, that really enjoy and, and, and grasp the competition aspect of it. You know, I think, I think a lot of players say they want to compete. Um, but when it actually gets down to competing, their, their, their actions go a little, a little differently. So it was, it was, you know, and obviously from OT's experience at the college level and then the, and at Ch Chattanooga FC, and then obviously now with Miami FC, you know, he's had to compete everywhere he's been, you know, and, and obviously has been successful, but, you know, you could really get a feel for that. He's embraced it as well and really embraced the daily part of that competition um, because you and I have experienced the player that doesn't start once and all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's the end of days where it's, you know, the, they, they're, you know, huffing and puffing and, and mad at you and mad at everybody instead of just, you know, recognizing, Hey, they might've just lost the job that week, you know, and then they have a chance on Monday to, to, to win the job back, but they don't really embrace that competition. So it was really, it was really cool to hear that college kind of prepared him for the professional level and that, that, you know, that level of competition to, to really embrace, um, you know, trying to win a job from somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. I think that, you know, the, the, the uh, last point really that I had that I liked was he worked himself up, you know, he, he, he went through the appropriate steps um, and he, you know, he talked about it there. He has goals, but he's, he's got reachable goals, attainable goals um, that he wants to do. He said, I, you know, I want to play in the MLS, but I knew that couldn't be really my first stop. I had to, you know, so I took the opportunity at my MPSL with the Chattanooga FC and then I've kind of built it into, you know, now with Miami FC and the USL championship. And I think us as coaches and, and our players need to understand that, that, you know, when we're going through this process, it doesn't matter if you want to play professionally, you want to play here, you have to kind of make those appropriate stops and you have to find those ways to really challenge yourself and develop yourself. So you're ready for the next stop because you know, if you're, you're hoping to go to the big time, uh, you know, or jump up a couple of levels, but you're not ready, you're going to be back down anyways, you know, that you're, you're going to lose your position. So I, I really like that about him, that he had a good head on his shoulders and he, his goals were set so that he could find success and then build to the next goal. And it wasn't just, you know, hopeful, a wish and a dream, yeah. but he's actually putting it to use through his work ethic and his commitment to his trade. Yeah. You can definitely tell that he's, he's, he's come from, you know, a really good background of, of being able to, to envision what he wants and, and really embrace the daily habits that, that, you know, create that vision and, and, and obviously allow him to attain those goals. Because, you know, I think some players and, and, you know, people tend to think that there's a, there's a switch to flip of, Oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work hard when I get to the MLS. Well, it's like, you know, you've got to instill some of those habits you know, in college, at the youth level, at the club level, at the high school level, like, you know, if you, I, I always tell our players, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Um, yeah. You know, so if, if you don't work hard at the youth level or at the high school level, but you think, oh, but by the time I get to college, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll flip the switch and, and work hard or, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to work as hard in college, but once I, once I, once, you know, a pro team calls me, I'm all of a sudden going to be, become a beast when it comes to training that just doesn't happen. You, you don't build those habits, you know? And I think those are sometimes the frustrating part of coaching youth soccer. It's you see talented players and there's really only so much you can do in, in, you know, in this environment to really try to motivate a player. Um, and then, like I said, then you run into players like OT that, that just have a really 
you know, good concept of, of how to accomplish things. And, and, you know, I'm really excited to see what he does throughout the rest of his career. Uh, he's still very young in the process, um, but, but, but has already made the necessary steps to be successful. Um, you know, so I really look forward to following Miami FC and, and OT throughout, throughout their career. And obviously I would encourage uh, any of those that, that, you know, that were listening to, to follow him on, on Instagram, follow him on the website, follow the USL championship, because that's another thing that we, we, you know, that we wanted to highlight was the USL championship and the growth of the USL championship and, and their, their league one, their league two, and their alignment with MLS um, has been a fantastic thing for us pro soccer. And obviously Othello Ba OT is, is, um, is a prime example of that, you know, having the opportunity to really show that he's an extremely talented player um, and having the opportunity to play at that level. So I think that's something that's exciting for me and you as we, as we look for us soccer to grow professionally and really our leagues to take off. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. And I think, uh, you know, that the growth of us soccer is only going to continue to happen. And like you said, so I uh, look forward to following OT. Uh, it was great to get back with you here, Eric, and, and kind of talk. I know we take a couple weeks off there, but um, it's good to get back on the broadcast and uh, hopefully get back to some useful advice for our listeners and an, another quality session. So I uh, appreciate your time today, Eric, and awesome uh, work. And it was good talking to him. And I'm glad to glad to hear, you know, player with their head on their shoulder like that, uh, you know, you always want to see them to, to be the most successful.